Just a quick programming note, for episode 22, the post show we talk about is actually separated into a separate podcast episode. It'll be a bonus episode that should drop in your podcast player. Listen if you dare. <laughs> Thank you and welcome to Gadgets with Family, the tech podcast for the mom who everyone asks, what laptop, what laptop should I buy? And the grandpa that's always asking, hey, what laptop should I buy? <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's still a MacBook Air for me, Greg. You know, did, did that change after last night for you? Uh, for 98% of people, no. Yeah. So yeah. MacBook Air, buy the MacBook Air. Yep, yep. So, uh, also, and everyone else who's looking to get more out of their lives through tech. I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. And I'm your host, Greg Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for episode 22 on All Halloween. Halloween, right? Because I guess yesterday right. was All Hallows' Eve. Today's Halloween. Whatever. Right? Yep, yep. So, last night, Apple had their Scary Fast event, right? We knew it was coming. Uh, well... It was kind of a rush, right? Usually they give like over a month for people to prepare to come out and all of that. But it wasn't going to be one of those kind of events where all of the influencers and all of the tech podcasters and, and insiders fly out to California to go to a show. This was just basically an announcement. Rather than just dropping these things on the, on the store, letting people dig through the specs themselves, they had a, an old-fashioned kind of on-stage keynote announcement. Only well, it wasn't on stage. I I think part of the problem, right, was the rumors went back and forth. I mean, even right. German at one point was saying we're done for the year. And so that's right. why I think it was a bigger surprise is then all of a sudden all the rumors heat up and said, oh, it looks like we're going to get something. And then lo and behold, 10 days before German says, yep, we're going to have a an event on the 30th or 31st. And yeah. that's what happened. So I think that's why it felt like where did this like it came out of the blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it seemed like it was rushed, but. Believe me, Apple does nothing rushed, right? They're, they're prepared for whatever they're announcing. So I think they just laugh at us, all those rumors and everybody saying, we're not doing this or they're doing that. And Apple's marketing team and their so. executives are in the background going, <laughs> yep, we yep. know better they're than be you surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing really caught us off guard, though, right? Some of the things we expected, some of the rumor mills started swirling up and, and um, seems like most of it was right. But I figured... Instead of our regular scheduled program, uh, we're going to talk through what was announced, right? There was a couple of new products. Nothing, I say new, but nothing really new, new. Um, um, mostly just speed bumps here, but we'll we'll get into that uh, uh, here in a second. Um, but I figured we'll talk through that and, and uh, uh, just share some information and our thoughts on that. And, and uh, also go into... Whether we we're gonna buy into this new hardware and things like that, what do you think, Rick? Yeah, I think right for the post show we gotta talk through the scariness that is my brain. It's appropriate we're trying to get into my head <laughs> on Halloween, right? Because it's not pretty up there. Yeah, yeah, and and it, anyone who's been keeping up, you know, Greg is frustrated with his current setup, with his current MacBook. Uh, it, it's getting a little old, some battery issues. So we've. Uh, waited around for this to kind of decide what we're going to do in the future. So yeah, stick around in the post show and we'll go into a deeper dive about what Greg decides and uh, what I decided, if anything, to, um, to do about these new Macs. And I think one of the big questions that maybe we'll try and answer is, did this clear up the Mac lineup? Right. right? right. And we can get into that because we've talked about how Buying an Apple computing device, whether it's an iPad or a, or a Mac, iPhone is pretty simple. You can mm -hmm. figure out which one you need there. But buying a computing device for your needs is not easy. And the whole thing around the iPad confusion in the line, every yeah. podcast I listen to lately has been talking about how the iPad lineup is just so confusing. And the Mac lineup, to a certain extent, has been that problem, too. So maybe we'll answer that question. Right, right. And hopefully some of this doesn't bleed over into the already confusing iPad lineup, but I'm thinking it might, right? Yeah. So, but we'll get into that. So before we jump into the show, don't forget to share this with anyone you know that's uh, currently looking for 
uh, a laptop, a MacBook, or, or any kind of a computing device. And, um, and like we said at the top, anyone is looking to get more out of their lives through tech. Uh, also, check out the blog post. Check out the YouTube. Um, also, too, we still have our Patreon out there. If you guys are interested, if you're, if you're um, you know, in the position to be able to share and support the show in that way, um, we would really appreciate it. You know, even though we're not buying some of these devices, um, we still would like to get our hands on some of that stuff to test it out for you guys to give you our opinions and, and what do we think and how we think that you can fit that device into your world and, and how you use things. So, uh, anything you contribute would go a long way into helping us do that. So we really appreciate you guys support. So let's catch up on last week, Greg, you know, I had some, some issues with my router, right? I was ready to go into the living room, rip that thing off of the wall. Uh, after speaking with you, you sent me, uh, some recommendations, I found some other ones online. I had finally settled on one. I had it in my device. I mean, in my Amazon cart for same day delivery, but I didn't have time to really work on it. Right. I had to go get out to the shop, uh, turn out a few orders, get ready for some things. And later that night I came in and said, well, let me try to speed this thing up until I can find the router that we want and replace it with. And, uh, yeah found out that it was a rookie mistake on my part <laughs> all right well I, I have two questions for you one what was the mistake and then two which one had you settled on even though you didn't pull the trigger right right so and i say it was my rookie mistake I, uh, the mistake was me not checking right me assuming that everything was set the way i said it and it, it wasn't right. All these issues started thinking that all of my, you know, configurations and stuff had maintained. Well, the mistake was I logged into the AT&T router because I was going to do a reset on everything. Right. So I logged into the AT&T router, which was just in IP pass through mode. Right. I just wanted their router, their equipment to act as a modem. And I had my own fancy, way too expensive Nighthawk router. Right. So I log in and on the, on the splash page, it gives you like a general overview of the network, right? I'm used to seeing nothing there, uh, just where you can do a speed test and a few other things. Well, I saw my garage door on the AT&T side of the router. So I'm like, wait, that's strange. So I scroll down the page and I see the front door. I see the light in from the shop and I see Apple TV. And I'm like, wait, these devices aren't supposed to be showing up in this router, right? Cause it's not a router, right? I have it set to, to, uh, just IP pass, pass through. So it turns out AT&T did some kind of either an update or a router and it cleared all of those settings out. So basically it started acting as a router and treated my router as just a device on the network along with everything else. So basically I would come in, turn on the lights or whatever, whatever task that I wanted to do. Each device was getting routed twice, right? Because it was going through our, my router, which it should be. And even some of some of the devices in the home, like my Xbox and the um, my uh, my network attached storage, they have static IP addresses, right? They they stay at their addresses, so it was just causing all kinds of conflicts. That's what was bogging down the network. Everything was so slow to look at a YouTube video. It was back like like the early days of the internet where it just buffer and buffer and buffer. And then it finally plays. We got so used to it that, um, uh, uh, that's why I was, I was so frustrated. Anyway, long story short, reconfigured the, the AT&T router back to just a modem. Um, re, re, I reset my, my modem already. Remember I did it right before the show last week, right before we recorded, reset my router. So ended up going back through reconfiguring all the settings. And not only does it work, back to normal it works better than it did <laughs> before all of the problems started right so now i'm like i don't really need the router you know what i mean it was just all some configuration issues or whatever the router's working fine i'm glad i didn't rip it off of the wall and yeah so things are back to normal and better than ever yeah i mean so, there's there's two you want to go to one of two extremes right either you use the equipment that your internet provider gives you Right. And use that as the router, which like for my in-laws that have 
their two phones, a couple of tablets, and a computer. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal, right? I mean, three or four devices on that thing, it's going to be just fine. Or right. you right. turn it into a modem like you've done and use something like an Eero or other stuff. And I'm just glad that I don't have to worry about that anymore. When I, we lived with our in-laws for a while, I had high-speed internet put in, and that's what I did is I turned the, the cable box where the internet came in into a modem right? and was using a different different setup. But uh, here, with the gigabit stuff, there's no, there's no modem, right? I mean, it's right. just a little thin little box, and it comes straight in, and I go from the, the – it almost looks like a Cat5 box and goes straight into my – um, into my Eero and yep. call it good. So. Right, right. So you were asking what, what I settled on. So <clears throat> it was between the Eero you sent me. The one that you sent, the pro version, awesome, way out of my price range. I mean, that was some professional <laughs> level stuff, right? We are talking, I think the base model was like 1400 1200 It was up there, way more than I wanted to spend. But I love those specs. So I said, well, let's go based on something like that. Maybe we can dumb down those specs a little bit and I can find something within my price range. And I actually did. I actually did. So there's a TP-Link Deco. And I watched several reviews. No one had any complaints about it. You know, um, there were a few few things that uh, just didn't matter to me that uh, there wasn't a problem. So the TP-Link Deco is a tri-band Wi-Fi 6E. So it wasn't Wi-Fi 7 like the the uh, the Euro Pro that you sent, but 6E, which still gave me the speeds I need, 5,500 square feet. Um, it was something like 70 devices or or more. It was it was a lot of devices. So the devices weren't going to be a problem. Uh, oh, up to 200 devices. Actually, that was way off. So up to 200 devices. It was just an awesome one. The price range was really good. Um, so if you're looking for a, a router, um, I would recommend that one. That was actually one I had in my cart to uh, to purchase same day delivery from Amazon, and uh, yeah, end up repairing my problem. So I, I I'm going to stick with what I have for, you know, at least till next year. Yeah, I mean I'm looking at the Euromax Seven, which is a brand new one. I mean they just released, right? Just right. released it, and it's six hundred bucks for the base. So. You know, to give you an idea, in our home, I've got a base and one, two, three um, repeaters. Right. Right. And so if I were to do that same thing, so the base is $600, and then I would need the whatever repeaters go along with it. I'm not actually seeing the the repeaters because I've got a, a split-level home. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably be talking about a thousand dollars by the time I was all in, right? Right to do this. So it's not cheap to go with this mesh stuff, um, but it definitely works better than than most things. So yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah so I'm glad I'm glad that issue worked out in the most cost effective way possible because I really didn't want to um, to spend that extra. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, Greg, you have a tiny tip for us this week, right? Yeah, so, I, I mean, this is a super tiny tip, but they redid the in the messages, because I use messages a ton, right? So mm-hmm. they redid all of that, and um, what I didn't realize is, so you press on the plus button, and that gets you all of the things, right? I mean, it gets yeah. you into the um, adding photos, adding all of this kind of stuff, but there's a shortcut to get to photos, which I do a ton because I send you a lot of photos. Right. And so if you just tap and hold on the plus button, it takes you straight into the photos. No drawer, okay. no nothing. So you just go straight into photos. So just tap and hold. I'll put a short out on it. Um, but yeah, so that's super good. And it works on, um, it works on the phone. I don't know. It's not working on my mini because it doesn't have, yeah. you know, some of that kind of stuff, but definitely on the phone, you just tap and hold and it'll take you straight into the photos. Okay. In the messages. That so. is, that is a cool tip because yeah, it, with you and, and my, my, and my brothers, we do send a lot of photos. So I think we'll, we'll get some use out of that, that any, anything that'll make it, you know, quicker and easier to use to streamline that whole process of sharing photos. Uh, I'm all for. So yeah, that's a pretty good tip. Yeah. So 
we had some follow-up from last week, right? You and I talked about um, importing passwords, right? You were going to switch over to to um, the uh, Apple Keychain instead of yeah. using uh, uh, using your subscription service. So what did you find out about that? Well, so just a little background in case folks haven't heard that. So I switched over to LastPass, and right. I had a family plan a couple of years ago for a few reasons. One is I gave my mom a simple way to um, to actually track her passwords as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also didn't want my passwords on my company Mac. This is back when I had a real job. Yeah. And so if you put them on your keychain, <laughs> it's just going to be there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I had switched over to LastPass. Now, in the interim, LastPass has had some security issues that we talked about, and yep. you know, it's an extra subscription. But also, Apple's gotten much better. So now you can actually do family share of passwords right. in which me and my wife and, we do. Yep. So I decided I wanted to go back to it. The problem is I have a couple hundred right passwords in. LastPass and stuff like that. And I got thinking, yeah. this is, there's got to be an easier way than going in and redoing this. And I've done secure passwords. I've let the systems generate my passwords for quite some time, which yeah. means that um, they're not. You're not typing you know, those in. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, right. absolutely not. So, so um, I had mentioned too that there was no way to import, at least as yeah. far as iOS. Well, Greg, you found yeah. a way how to do that. Yeah, there's actually an import and an export function within the passwords uh, system within um, within uh, anyway within Apple's keychain system. And so then I also looked, and LastPass has an export. Right. So you can actually export all of your passwords and everything out to um, a CSV, and then. Um, you can then import those in. So that's basically what you do. You sign into LastPass. You use the. For me, I used did this all on my Mac. That was the easiest way to do it. Right. Uh, so it's through Mac OS. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use the browser extension of LastPass to export all the passwords out into a CSV. Then I took that CSV and imported it into Keychain, and it tells mm-hmm. me which ones it rejected for whatever reason. Either there was a conflict, or um, they didn't have some of the the stuff that Apple requires, like their secure notes in LastPass because they don't have a website and a user ID and stuff like that. They didn't want to Mm -hmm. import in. Um, But it told me exactly which ones and why they didn't import in. So did that. And um, then I signed out and signed in as my mom Mm because I needed to get all her stuff out of there too and did that same thing. And it was funny because I told all of our family, I said, y'all need to get out of LastPass by the end of, you know, by Thanksgiving. So I don't have to redo the subscription. And right. Dustin said, I was just yelling at yes, LastPass yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> so he's, he's uh, he was ready to get out. I don't think Karen had migrated all of her passwords over. So she doesn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of work to do. And Wyatt was like, I don't have any passwords in LastPass. The only thing he had been using it for was for the shared ones, like for Disney plus and, you know, okay. stuff like that. So, so he's anyway, using a keychain? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so good. it's not going to be as big of a deal. And so, I mean, I did all of that in the course of just a few hours. I mean, it still takes some time because it's passwords, right? You can't lose this stuff. And so I've not used LastPass in about a week. Um, so it's all been keychain. And I've got those CSVs. I've got those password protected somewhere in a nice, safe place. So that I have a backup in case anything didn't come across that I needed to that I didn't catch, and yeah, it was not nearly as big of a deal as as I thought it might be. So right, right. Well, good deal. I think that's a good tip, especially for anyone who's you know looking to get off a of LastPass or some other password saver or, or locker, and you're like, oh, I just got so many of them, I just don't want to deal with the hassle. Uh, if you do it through macOS. Uh, streamline that process for you. So how many, about how many got rejected that you had to manually enter? Six or eight. Okay. And Not most bad. of that was, bad at most all. of that was secure notes. Like a lot of people in password managers will store like their social security number or their ID right. numbers and, you know, account numbers and some of that kind of stuff. And because those didn't have some of the 
required info that Apple requires, like website, user ID, and password. Yeah, username, password. So, and they don't have a way to really put secure notes in Keychain. So, um, you can hack that. You could put a fake web address and a fake user ID and a fake password, and then just use the notes section, yeah. right, and put put the rest of the stuff in there. You could do that, or you could use something like notes and secure it down, or right. You can you know, some other put a way. Password so, on your notes now, which is what I do. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, there's ways to get around it. So it's not quite as robust, but I have way more confidence that it's not going to get hacked um, Same here. than I ever did in LastPass. And there are other options out there, One Password, and there were a couple of other new ones that were up and coming, too, that did this kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm all in on the Apple ecosystem, so why not use it? It's generated a pass key for my Apple ID, you know, all of those kinds of things. So, and... The other piece of this was two-factor authentication codes. So they've added the ability to do two-factor authentication codes right in Keychain as mm -hmm. well. And so I don't have to use... So I had, I had uh, Microsoft Authenticator, which is what I have to use, right, for my Office subscription because right. that's what you use, right? So I still have that one out there now, but I had a whole bunch of stuff in... Um, I had a whole bunch of stuff in Authy. And um, so I don't have to use Authy anymore, which right. is great. So everything's just kind of down in, um, is all in my, it's, it's all in Keychain now. And so right. with Apple, like on my Mac or whatever, it'll say, do you want us to pre-fill in the two-factor authentication code? And I say yes, and it fills it in. I don't have to go find it, and I'm good to go. Right, right. Nice and smooth. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I like that tip. That's that's a really good tip. So, so one of the things I, I hadn't got a chance to play with, I did do the update. Uh, I hadn't got a chance to really play with it because you have been sending me some some updates on, on one of our favorite watch spaces that uh, I hadn't got around to, to put in because I've been out and and i needed access to whether it's going to rain or not and we did have some sporadic rain temperature changes and things like that but greg you wanted to talk about watch os 10.1 yeah just real quick so it's out there wasn't a whole lot to it yeah um double tap was the biggest feature that came out for most people yeah, um feature that everyone looks was waiting good for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks good. I've heard responding to messages is great because it's defaulting to it. And it looks like it's a little more robust than we initially thought because you and I kind of went, oh, yeah, no, never mind. It won't do us any good. Yeah. Um, so it looks like it's a little better. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited that that's out there for those that can take advantage of it. But the best thing yeah. by far... Switching is the Snoopy right watch now. face. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Switching right now. Uh there is a trick or treat animation out today with uh Snoopy in a mask and Woodstock drops a candy while he's flying around and it drops in Snoopy's bag. So nice. but nice. I'll bet I've seen since ten point one dropped, I'll bet there's twenty plus new animations. Yeah. So that is really so good. So they're still adding animations. I mean, I just saw one a minute ago where Snoopy's laying on the doghouse and Woodstock's on his stomach and he starts doing music and Snoopy bops him on the head like an alarm clock and he shuts up. <laughs> so there are like new animations for Snoopy. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I got a Halloween one. Yep, he's in a pumpkin and he pops out of the jack-o'-lantern and he says boo and scares Woodstock off. So, you know. I, I haven't I, even seen that one yet. Yep, I always loved this watch face from the very beginning. And it seems like they're probably getting the same feedback from us, you know, that, that they're, they're, I mean, they're getting it from everyone else. Everyone loves it. So hopefully they continue every holiday throughout the year to update this watch face until watchOS 11 where we get something else that's that's new and uh and, and that's new and fun. So, and it yeah, is a lot really, of work. Really cool. I mean, it's, um, it is yeah. quite a bit of work to do this, right? I mean, I think so. There was an article that came out where they talked about how long it took them and they had to work with the Charles Schultz estate that they have the rights to peanuts to and mm -hmm. how they had to configure this stuff. So it's not easy. So, yeah. 
Well, thank you, Apple. That is something that we really enjoy on a, on a daily basis. Every time I look at the watch, even some of the ones that I've seen over and over again, I still love them. I still love them. Snoopy's doing the moonwalk with a with a big boombox on his shoulder. Have you seen that one? I have. That's a new that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I, I absolutely love it. All right. So let's jump into the main topic here. And like I said, Apple did have their, their scary fast keynote. Um, so let's share our thoughts on, on a few things. So, and again, we're not going to give you a ton of details, right? We have links to the compare, uh, the compare to different models and, and everything new, uh, in the, uh, in the show notes. So you can always click on that and go and check out some of the, uh, some of the specs and, and some of the new features and, and things like that yourself. But, um, let's just jump into it. So talking about the keynote in general. Right, just the overall feel of it. What do you think about the keynote? I thought it was good. Um, I love the spooky theme, yep. right? And uh, Apple Park with that kind of theme would be really awesome to walk around. I don't do haunted houses, so I wouldn't want it to be like a full blown haunted house, but just to mm -hmm. have the smoke and the music and all that kind of stuff would have been really, really cool. So, yeah, I like that. Um, it was super short, right? It was like it was, 30 minutes. Right to the point. So, right to the yeah. point. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing that I don't know if you caught this at the end, but at the very end it said um, filmed all on iPhone and edited on Mac. And then I saw a headline afterwards that the whole thing was filmed on an iPhone 15 Pro Max. Right. Which I think so is cool. I didn't catch that. Uh, I did see because we were messaging back and forth as, as the keynote was going on. And um, you did tell me at the end, and I'm like, all I can think about was they filmed that at night. Look how well that, that phone performed at night, right? I didn't even realize that it was an iPhone 15. So, yeah, it handled the darkness perfectly. So that, that was really cool. For me, I liked it. My first thought was I've never seen Apple Park at night, right? Maybe I haven't forgot about it, but I don't think they've ever did a flyover at night like that and to see it lit up and and they still have the uh um like some of the accent or landscape lighting and stuff like that it was really cool visiting the park at night so really really good to show a different side than we always see right we always see it in perfect lighting during the day and the weather seems so nice i'm a little i'm not a fan of the landscape in there how they leave the grass so wild looking in certain areas and all of that but hey you know i'm, I'm sure it's the reason why they do that but uh, no, it looks really cool at night. Another thing that yeah. stood out to me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, keep going. Well, another thing that stood out to me was that orange ocean band that, that Tim Cook was wearing. Now, I have my Alpine loop. No, the trail loop in orange. But to see it in, in orange and the ocean band and actual lighting, right? And to see him using it. Well, you know, I know they have the, the Apple lighting and stuff, but it looked really good. I think I want one of those now. <laughs> In, in orange. So that, that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, so, I'm not big on the orange. I mean, I wish the... It's not bad. It's not nearly as bad as I thought it would be, the orange on the right. Ultra, right? The ring and then the, the action button. Luckily, I wear the watch with the action button to the inside. And so, um, yeah, I, I I don't... I'm not big at the orange. Right, so. right. Well, being a Yankees fan, I wouldn't expect you to love orange as much as. <laughs> oh, come on! I'm just joking. I'm I'm a huge Yankees fan too. You know, I, I told Greg it's hard to root for the Yankees and the Astros sometimes, but uh, I, usually I do. But uh, a lot of my shirts have, you know, especially my Astros shirts. A lot of them just have yeah. so much orange in them that it always makes my band pop when I'm wearing the the orange. So. Yeah, I think I'm gonna jump on one of those. I don't. I don't want to offend, so I won't talk about Houston sports. I lived in Houston for ten years, so we'll just right we'll move on. <laughs> well, Greg, if anyone had could have an opinion, Greg is Greg is allowed to have an opinion about Houston sports. So, but <laughs> let's jump into what was announced, right? And it didn't seem like, well, for me, it didn't seem like a lot of the rumors were too far off, right? Um, Except for one, I think I didn't really hear a lot about. So, and that was those the new family of M3 processors, right? We knew it was coming, 
Um, we knew at least two were coming. Uh, at least I did. I'm pretty sure you've heard some of the inside, uh, insiders talk about all three. But um, so now we have three flavors. Now it comes the M3, which is already going to be, you know, leaps and bounds over the, the M2. Right. Well, I say leaps and yep. bounds more on that later. Uh, but we also have an M3 Pro and an M3 Max. Right. So Apple looks like they're going with a small, medium and large kind of approach to to their silicon now. Yeah, the only one we're missing is the Ultra because there the is Ultra, an M2 yep. Ultra, yep. right? But we won't see that until they announce probably the next Mac Pro, if yeah, if that, right? Yep. Or the uh, uh, what is it? The Studio, the the beefed up Mac Mini, the, yeah, the Studio yeah, yeah. one. I think that has the Ultra in it too. So, uh, what do you think about that? Did, was that? I mean, again, it wasn't. It didn't catch us off guard. It, it wasn't surprising. But um, now, everybody knew it was going to three nanometer technology, which it just means smaller stuff on the chip. And yeah. But what caught me there was the discussion, and this stuff is way more technical than I can ever comprehend, yes. right? Yeah. But they talked about the next gen GPU, and they talked about how old GPUs took the most you would ever need and allocated that to every task, and now yes. they're actually allocating only what is needed. So you get better GPU utilization. And then they talked about a whole bunch of stuff like ray tracing and mesh shading and all that kind of stuff, right, which is right. all going to be good for games. So right. um, so they did compare. Most of the time they spent comparing this to the M1, right? Because it's right. a bigger leap from M1 than it is from M2. But no matter what you look at, the GPUs are almost two times faster than the M2. The CPUs are 15% faster than the M2, and the efficiency cores are 30% faster. So it's all about fast, 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 yeah. fast, scary, fast. Scary, fast. And that was the point of the whole scary thing, which we kind of knew when they said scary, fast. So, yeah, it was a lot of techno, techno babble. They did talk about um, <clears throat> a lot of the new features and things like that, but... The only thing that stood out to me that made sense as I'm listening was the mesh shading and the ray tracing, ray tracing. And that's something you hear with high end PC gaming setups, right? Those high end power, powerful laptops and and uh, uh, gaming systems and stuff. And basically what it does, it makes water look wetter, right? When it's showing lakes and rivers running, it makes the water look shiny and it makes metal look more textured and shiny and stuff like that, which is really good for gaming. And we mentioned, you know, from WWDC on. Apple seems like they're going to really make a push towards gaming, right? I think they want some of this, uh, uh, a bite of, of Microsoft's Apple when it comes to gaming and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I look forward to some big things coming with this. They're really moving towards gaming. I think they want to snatch some PlayStation and Xbox controllers out of people's hands and put iPhones in, in their hands, right? And, and iPads in their hands for, for gaming. So they're really attracting some AAA titles. And uh, I think yeah. this is just going to get more studios on board when they can really make their games look as good as they look on, you know, a Series S or a PlayStation 5 on a MacBook. Well, hey, they're just going to throw it on all three, right? Yeah. As long as and Microsoft even, doesn't buy their company. Everybody's seeing <laughs> that Apple is trying to do the gaming stuff because there was right. even a rumor that the reason they did this event so late at night was that it was core business hours in Japan, and they assumed there was going to be some partner right, partnership right. with a Japanese I didn't think about game that, company, yes. and that didn't happen. But um, I, I think there's a lot of stuff. I just let's have Apple and Nintendo talk. That would be awesome. That would that would. So those were the new processes that were that were announced. So we did get not a lot of hardware, but we did get some hardware. Right. And and the MacBook Pro was something that we've been talking about for the last couple of episodes. Right. The last uh, few episodes, uh, mainly because you were waiting around to see what you were going to do. And and. Um, um, nothing again, nothing really surprising. We expected the speed bump. A little disappointed that we didn't get any uh, a form factor change. Right. There, there's really not much difference. <laughs> other than a new color, but let's, let's get into the MacBook pro. So pricing Apple pulled a Apple esque kind of trick. Yeah. Jedi mind yeah. trick on us. 
Yeah. They came in and said, well, as before, the 14-inch MacBook Pro used to start at whatever it was, 1999 or 1799 or whatever right. it is. They said, now it starts at 1599, which is actually the price that the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the one that had the touch bar that is now discontinued, that's where that started at. And um, so, yeah, sort of kind of dropped the price on that and i got super excited because i thought it was going to save me a whole bunch of money and we'll talk about that later but mm -hmm. so yeah pricing is basically the same depending on what you're going to buy if you're going to buy the entry-level version of the macbook pro 14 inch then yeah you'll get it uh cheaper than you would have previously if you weren't right. buying the 13 inch now you know as far as you said form factor stuff they only revamped these MacBook chassis, I think, earlier this year, right? Was it no, or was right. it last year? It was. So this, it was last this, year. Yeah, this design, this uh, physical design, has only been around a year, or a little bit more. So um, I'm not surprised that they didn't do that. Um, like you said, they did give us color, and right. me likey, me likey. Yes. It's black. It's finally black. Yeah. The space black, what they yeah. call it, right? Space black, yeah. I mean, so, it's not dark mode black like I'm looking at right now, but it's it's way, way, way darker. And I've got a silver MacBook Pro because that's what the company gave everybody that got them. They just bought them all in silver. Yeah. But I've always been uh, a space uh, space gray, or I always want the darker, darker version since they won't give us real colors. Right, so. right. And they mentioned some kind of new... Uh, um, technology that they're using to, to get the color into the metal that's going to eliminate smudges and stuff like that so yeah the new space black color looks really good right and i think that's going to be that's going to be the 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 hot item this this uh the, this holiday season so specs yeah. again we're not going to go too far into specs but again they have a 14.2 led uh, or liquid retina display xdr display Looks really amazing. If you guys hadn't seen it on, on some of these current models, uh, you know, swing by an Apple store and check it out. Of course, the M3 processor in the um, the M3 chip in the entry level, the intro level, and then it's up from there, right? M3 Pro, M3 Max, and, um, you know, you get up to 16 cores with those. Um, or CPU, GPU, you get up to 40 cores with the, um, with the M3 Pro. And uh, yeah, memory from from 24 gigabytes of, of memory up to 128 gigabytes storage. You get two terabytes up to eight terabytes, uh, 22 hours. That didn't change, right? No, but the battery I don't life. think that's it's not quite uh, it's not quite accurate because it's about yeah. which models that really applies to. So you can get. On the low end, uh, so if I just talk about the 14, put the 16 aside for just a second because right. it's got a bigger thing. But on the low end, if you get the entry level MacBook 14 with the Mac with the M3 chip, that'll get you 22 hours. If yes. you get the uh, Pro chip, it's going to go down to um, 18, 18 hours of battery life. Yeah. So because I've been in looking at all the specs on these things, and um, that's really really what it was so yeah it just depends on which chip you get because the bigger the chip you get the more you know the more cores the more it's gonna yeah the more, more it's gonna power eat through from a power yeah. perspective <clears throat> yeah so so yeah yeah uh, uh, so a pretty big dip and then like you said these are at like optimal usage anyway so you know don't yeah. expect for you to really really get to work on that thing and get 22 hours out of it, it it's not you know you're your heavy usage uh, on that on that entry level model still may only get you you know seventeen eighteen hours of of battery life. So just don't be surprised. This is all in ideal conditions when they they quote you these twenty two hour you know uh, uh, battery life all day battery life. But still here, still should be here, a lot more thing. efficient. Here's the thing about battery life, and I had to go back and listen to this because mm -hmm. I am on the last <clears throat> Intel version of the thirteen inch MacBook Pro. Right. And one of the comp, they were talking about how much faster it'll be and all that kind of stuff. Great. But I'm having problems with battery life. And the comment that they made on screen was that you'll get up to 11 additional hours of battery life 
compared to the Intel MacBook Pro. Right. So yeah. if I can get five or six with my usage, <laughs> I would be happy because right now I don't get five or six hours, period, mm -hmm. end of story. Depending on what I'm doing, I get somewhere in the three to five range. So if I could go from three to five to absolutely five to 12. Yes. That's a massive, massive difference for me. So that's where I get excited about the battery life. And I knew that was the case. I've got a mid-2020 model that came out with the M1 version of the MacBook Pro in late 2021. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just I just missed that. So, yeah, that's where I get excited about the battery life. And then I get excited about the efficiency and how much faster they'll be and being able to put more memory in one and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think they're solid solid updates um so i mean nothing earth shattering but if you're yeah. in the market for a macbook pro then this is where you want to go right right so before we jump into you know who should buy what um there was another announcement and that was an update to the imac right now this was i think got stage time because they were talking about the pros but this is really something that they could have just threw up on the store, right? It was just a speed bump, right? Yeah, no but it's a colors. double jump, right? I mean, the iMac never got the M2. It was still sitting on the M1. There was so, no M2 iMacs. Okay. No. Okay, I didn't no. see that. So it, it's, yes, they still could have done it with a yeah. press release, right? Because if you're in the market for a 24-inch iMac, you're not too terribly worried about which... Yeah, portability and battery in. life and things yeah, like that. Yeah. It's always plugged so, in, so it's always going to run at the most efficient, you know, power level. So yeah, you're right. You're you're not worried about the the processing and all of that. But if we're talking about the M1, like you mentioned earlier, it is a big leap over the M1 because yeah. all the uh, the big numbers that they were that they were saying was compared to the M1 and not necessarily the M2. So this is a big jump. I I love the iMac. Um, this just, just doesn't fit into anything yeah. that, that, you know, this is a student kind of student, um, high school student, college student in your dorm kind of, um, because even if you were a professional, and again, I know we said, we're going to talk about who, who is for what, but even if you were a professional creating content or video content or something like that, you still kind of want to go with a Mac pro, right. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or, um, uh, a MacBook Pro or something like that. So the iMac is still not for you. So I think yeah. I see this as I see this as the computer. It's the cool one because it's got it all the really cool, cool colors. Yeah, the colors really stay nice. the same, right? And it's a mm -hmm. great machine. But I see this as the machine where a family says, "We need a computer." Yeah, and it's gonna sit in the living room, and people are going to take turns using the computer for right. homework or whatever the case may be. And so that's the kind of computer that I see this as, right? If you want yeah. an all-in-one, if you want a desktop, but you don't need the pro specs, which you probably don't considering it's got an M3 now, unless you're a professional creator or something. Right. So that's where I see this or somebody that just is, I do work at my desk and I never go anywhere else or like i said a family sharing a single computer that's where i see this as as relevant and it's still to a certain extent competes with the mac mini mm -hmm. and the mac studio depending on what you need this for so it's right. a great computer um but i think it's a smaller use case and we know for a fact that the top selling mac period is a macbook air right and Right behind that, I think, are probably the MacBook Pros, I would guess. So the desktop computers just don't sell nearly as much, which is why they never went to the M2. They just went M1, and they could rev this every two years from a processor standpoint, Right, and right. it's not a problem. Yeah, and also, too, it's it's just the M3. So no Pro, no Max, um, definitely no Ultra. So just the M3, which is, a good again, a good speed bump. Uh, for anybody that's looking for it, but it's not really, um, it's not really a standout device. But again, it yeah, looks really good. It looks really. It, it always looks good. Every every model of the iMac always looks good. 
And I mean, it starts out at 1300 bucks, which is pretty good. So if you don't need a laptop, that's just a little bit more expensive than, you know, a, a MacBook Air and you can get that. And I mean, you can start bumping up the memory and the storage and all that kind of stuff. But I've got to think that people that buy this one are probably buying the the base model and just yeah. calling it good, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, and again, like we said, no new colors, uh, no space black, uh, but I believe it has this gray already. So, but no, yeah, no black six colors, Six colors plus a silver. Yeah. You know, everything Apple makes has various versions of silver, including yes. every iPhone Pro that they made this year is just some variation on silver. Yeah. So, again, no, no big deal, but it is a big deal to someone, so... So let, let's go back to talking about those processors, Greg. Who needs what? You know, when we talk about fast, faster, and fastest, right? Because that's, that seems to be the approach that they're taking. Who, who really needs what? 98% of people can get the regular M3 in whatever right. machine they decide they, that makes the most sense for them if it's a, they don't right. have the MacBook Airs with the M3s yet. I'm, I'm assuming that'll be coming, yeah, I'm you know, sure sometime coming. next year. Or so, um, but the M2 is fine, right? I mean, it's not like you're getting an inferior machine just by going with the M2. But yeah, um, so I think that M3 is probably for almost almost everybody. everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. And then I think if you go to Let's go clear to the other end, right? If you go to the max, I think that's for high end. Right. You know, super, they talked about being able to use big AI models, deal mm -hmm. with big AI models using it. And um, if I think of maybe scientists running, you know, yes. stuff that they used to have to run on a supercomputer, which is amazing that they can run it on their desktop right. or potentially on even something their phone. this thin, on a laptop yeah, this yeah. thin, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's. I mean, graphic artists, you know, if you're doing giant 3D modeling and all of that kind of stuff, I think you definitely yeah. need to consider going up to to that max processor. Or, you know, if you need the Ultra, which we still haven't heard how good it is, if yeah. you need the Ultra, you know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't know that you need the Ultra, and actually that probably applies to the max too. If you don't know that you need the max, you probably yeah. don't. You probably don't. Yeah. So... And and just to add to that, I think if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this is going to be very expensive. I, I really want this. If what you do for a living, if you have a thought that the Max is going to be, the, the M3 Pro Max is going to be too expensive for what you need, it's not for you. It's yeah. not right. These are people who, who, whatever they produce, whether they're making feature link animation or, like you said, scientists or whatever. They're going to go and buy this laptop like it's nothing, right? Because this is just yeah. going to add to, you know what I mean? The, the price is not going to be a factor to them. If it's, a, yeah. if it's a matter to you, it's not for you. So M3 Max aside, that's going to be for, like you said, professionals, scientists, people that are making Pixar Link movies, animation and, and uh, graphics yep. and things like that. The company's going to be buying those. The price doesn't matter one bit to them. So... I have here Joe's pros and everyone in between, right? So the average Joe is going to get the M3, and it's an awesome processor. And it'll probably be more than they need. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll probably be more than you need. They Just looking at those numbers, and again, we're not going to go into all of the specs and all of the details, but uh, just with the GPU and the CPU, that's going to be way more than anyone needs, right? So that entry-level MacBook, and again, I'm calling it entry-level. It's still a MacBook Pro. Right, yeah. it just has an entry level um, M3 uh, chip. processor, the M3 chip yeah. in it. That's going to be good for ninety eight percent of the people. Now, if you're someone that requires a little more, you're doing uh, graphic art, you know, uh, um, animation. Uh, you're a podcast creator, content creator for uh, YouTube. You're doing a lot of video stream editing and stuff like that. Then the M3 Pro, a little more pricier. But it's going to be what you what you need, right? That's going to be the processing level of what you need, right? Even if you're, you know, if you make a living from your laptop, right? If you if 
whatever content you're creating, if you're getting uh, a, an income or whatever for it, then M3 Pro would be a good choice for you, right? So yeah, just looking at one. That. Yeah, sorry, Jason. There's one other thing that goes along with that, which mm -hmm. is uh, I'm just trying to make sure I say this correctly. So yeah, it's going to be faster. Like if you think about video rendering, right? Mm -hmm. The Pro is just going to do it faster. Right. And that's great. Um, but the other thing that is the difference between the 14-inch with the um, M3 chip versus mm -hmm. the 14-inch with the Pro or the Pro Max chip is ports. So, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so they all come with MagSafe. So you're going to charge via MagSafe. Now, you can charge in one of the Thunderbolt ports, but for... The entry level one, you get two Thunderbolt ports. Yes. And for the um, for the Pro or the Pro Max one, you're gonna get three Thunderbolt ports. And I'm just trying to find it here on this comparison page. I know it's in here. There it is. Yeah. So you get an HDMI port. You get a a, a card slot with both of them, and then you get two Thunderbolt slash USB C uh, USB four on the the entry level MacBook Pro, the 14 inch, right, with the M3 chip, mm -hmm. but then you get three Thunderbolt 4 ports on the Pro or the Pro Mac or the or the Max chips, and right. that's actually down. I mean, I'm looking at my um, I'm looking at my Intel MacBook Pro right here, and it's actually got four. Now, one of them you would have to use to charge, so you know that takes away one. So still, I have mm -hmm. three and. Uh, I'm actually currently using all four USB-C ports, not to charge because I'm doing pass-through charging from my monitor. So I've got two right. monitors hooked up, and I've got a microphone, and my phone as continuity camera because I like to tether that in. So I'm actually been struggling with this for a week now, even on mm -hmm. the old models, figuring out what I'm going to do. So that's the other thing to think about. If you're big time into peripherals and don't want to have a USB-C hub, or that kind of stuff, you may want to consider that other machine um, for that. Pretty much everything else is the same, other than you get can get more memory and all that that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's another consideration. But I think that's for I think. Well, we'll talk about this more in the post yeah. show too, right? But I think if you're a creator or an influencer, and I like how you said it, if you make your living on this machine then it's probably worth it to go up and it's not that much more expensive right so if you want more on that stick around to the post show because jason's got to try and fix my brain right some of this stuff so but yeah <laughs> i like this joe's pros and everyone in between you know it if you need the top high end and by the way you can buy a 16 inch macbook pro fully decked out it's like seven seventy five hundred dollars eight thousand wow. dollars is if you max out everything Right. If you need that laptop, you know it, you right? Know it. If you make money off of this laptop, you probably want the Pro chip. Yeah. And for everybody else, you want the Air or the entry level. Right. And it just depends on what your needs are. Right, right. And um, and back to the Max again. That price tag is, it's outrageous. So, either the company's going to be buying it, or someone's company is going to be buying it, or you just need it. You know you need it. So There was a great article several years ago when they were talking about Pixar, and they were talking about how Pixar, for every feature film they bought, mm -hmm. they bought everyone that worked on the film, the brand new, highest-end yep. computers they that they could out. buy. And you're talking, I mean, when they announced some of those Mac Pros, right, you're talking $50,000 or whatever it is, right. computers, and right. you get multiple high-end monitors, you know, that cost ten thousand dollars each or whatever the case may be they don't even yeah. blink and they don't recycle them at the end of doing the feature film they buy the next one yeah because it's more powerful yeah it's more powerful yeah they take and, a couple of years to produce some of these some of yeah. these films yeah and it isn't just about how fast can it generate the animation right but it's also about how many times can they generate right and how much detail that they put into this stuff so if you need it like that you know, and I'm glad I know that I don't need the Max chip. <laughs> right. 
So, and, and more on that too later, more on it. And this was, I had to start before we, we got into pricing and stuff, but yeah, I was actually surprised to hear what you said you were going, you were going with. So, but we'll get into that in a post show. So let's talk about what we're going to recommend to someone and why, right? So I said at the top of the show, for me, it's still the MacBook Air, right? That, that 15 inch MacBook Air one, it, it is a really capable very capable and impressive laptop. It, it it just is. Even though we we got new ones coming this week or next week, and uh, well, you can pre-order this week. They'll be available next week. Late November, we'll start having the more higher-end stuff like that. But if someone were to ask me, you know, even after seeing the show, hey, which laptop should I buy? That MacBook Air is is still a, a, a very good machine. And uh, I, that's still going to be my recommendation. The MacBook Pro, it has those new specs, right? Newer processor. Um, it is coming in at the lower price at $1,500, right? For And again, there's some trickery with that. Some Jedi mind trick that, uh, that Apple's using with that. But even at $1,500, you know, for that entry level, it's not that big of a jump over the M2, right? Yeah. The, the, all the comparisons, those big numbers were all compared to the M1, not the M2. It's just a little leap, a little advancement. The, the speed bump that you would expect over the, between the M2 and the M3. So I, I still have to recommend that MacBook Air. Yeah, so I've got the comparison up right now. So I'll talk in terms of the 13-inch compared to the 14. 13, yeah, yeah. And they are M2. Right, we don't know when we're going to get MacBook Airs with the M3 chips. Right. They can probably just press release that, so it could happen anytime, right? Because they're not going to change. Yeah, they're just going to start else. sending them out. When you go in to yes. buy one, it's just going to have the new chip in it. Yep. So if I look at a 13-inch base price is 1,099 versus 15.99 for the entry-level MacBook Pro 14-inch mm-hmm. versus 19.99 for one with the Pro or the Pro Max chip, right? So you get a slightly bigger screen, probably not going to notice a whole lot. Yes, you're going from M2 to M3, right? If you need a bigger screen, you go to the 15-inch MacBook Air, right? Right. You just do that, and then you're good to go. But between the two, it's M2 versus M3, but you got the same number of cores, the same number of GPU cores. You can get the same amount of memory, the same amount of storage. Battery life is 18 hours on the Air versus 22 hours on that entry level 14. So there is a slight battery difference there. Four hours is pretty significant, right? But I think so. I don't know. Is it, is it enough? So beyond that, it's still, uh, you get a better display in the 14 inch because now they're getting liquid retina XDR versus liquid retina. They're a little denser from a pixel standpoint, brighter, all that kind of stuff. Most people, are just not going to care. I need yeah. a laptop so that I can write papers, answer my email, maybe watch some video and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. But I still, I am with you that the default, your default pick should be the MacBook Air. Period. Yeah. End of story. Just pick your size. Pick between yeah. whether you want the bigger screen or whether you want the smaller screen. And then I think after that, your default, if you say, no, I need more ports, um, and actually, I don't even know if it has more ports because I think the MacBook Air has two Thunderbolt. Yeah, no, it has it two Thunderbolt two. ports. But it doesn't have an HDMI port port or a card slot. So if you know you need that, that's a differentiator, then the MacBook entry-level 14-inch is your next choice. You go up the price. Yeah. I really think you do. You just go up the price line until you hit on the one that's within your budget and that makes sense and everybody should start with a macbook air and they still sell sell the m1 version of the macbook air Mm -hmm. which to be honest the 13 inch version of that if you are on a tight budget and you're going to be a student going to college and you're not going into some high-tech science right or engineering thing you probably are okay with that from a budget standpoint i would spend the extra hundred bucks and get the M2 chip, um, yeah, because it's only a hundred dollars difference. But if you're really on a tight budget, that one's good too. So start with the Air, then go to the General 14, and then if you need the others, you'll know it. 
Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's a good choice. I don't I don't agree with the the M1. I think we sh- anyone should be done with that. That hundred bucks price difference doesn't justify. Now, if you find that same one, you know, for eight hundred bucks, you know what I mean, a Black Friday sale, because you know these things are going to be on sale, right? They they're going to try to dump these that that inventory. Uh, Black Friday sale, uh, any kind of November uh, or end of year deal or something like that, you can find that thing. The M1 I'm referring to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find that around eight hundred bucks or something like that. Then definitely jump on it. That's an awesome deal. That's the budget one, right? That's the right, I'm a right. college student. I'm not on scholarship. I've got to buy my own computer. Right. I'm working two part time jobs. I can't afford to, yeah, you know, go up big time. And I'm a political science, or right, a history right. major, yeah, right? No, and so, no architecture, no, no, uh, right. very um, system intense software that you have to run for your class or something like that. So yeah, if you can find that thing for around the 800 bucks range, uh, M1, uh, processor, then I would say jump on it. Uh, if you have, if you're able to, to go with that entry level MacBook air, then yeah, definitely get that one. Cause I don't think now with it being a hundred bucks cheaper, I don't think that's a, that's a good enough to, uh, deal to jump on. So now let me ask you this question, Jason. Mm-hmm. Do you buy a MacBook Air now? Or do we think they're coming sooner? So you might want to wait for the M3 or for them to turn around and sell the M2 at the $999 price, right? Right. And get rid of the M1 version. So what are your thoughts on that? So I think think if it was coming soon, they would have mentioned it, right? If it was coming this year, they would have said, late November or look for it during the holidays or something like that. Right. Cause they said, you know, holidays this year, holiday 2023 or something like that. I don't think it's coming this year. I could be wrong. Again, we don't have any insider knowledge or whatever. Um, but they would have said it if it was coming soon. So I'm thinking early next year, maybe even the spring, maybe even yeah. with the iPad refresh, they'll just mention it like, Oh yeah, there's M3 MacBook airs too now, but I think they're still too new. Right, they were just updated earlier this year. They probably still have a ton of them, and it just doesn't justify sending that hardware back to get those chips, re, you know, basically refurbishing yeah. it themselves and all that. They probably still have, you know, hundreds of thousands of units at every, you know, at stores around in the city. And yeah, I don't think they're coming this year. But again, I'm I thinking could be it's wrong. March. I'm thinking we could yeah. have a big event in March where the entire iPad lineup gets revamped. Right. The I actually think we might get two. We might get a press. We might get a press release on the iPad Mini before too long. Yeah. I could see that because that would be a pretty decent holiday seller. I would think. I think a so, little bit yeah. better iPad Mini, but I'm thinking March we might get MacBook Airs mm-hmm. and all of the iPads revamped, and we could possibly then see the Ultra chip with and the Mini and the Studio and the Mac Pro, or right. you know maybe it's a March for one set of products and an April for another. So here's the thing. If you're, if somebody, you know, in your life said, I'd like a laptop for Christmas, Mm -hmm. get them the 13 or 15 inch MacBook Air with the M2. Right. That's what I'm I'm grabbing their hand and I'm taking them to the store. This is what you're getting. Do you want this screen size or this screen size? And tell me which color you want. Cause you can go get them in the store. Right. No big deal. Yeah. So yeah, they'll, they'll be in stock. All right. So that's all I had for um, for the show today, the main show. Uh, we just wanted to discuss what we thought, uh, give our, our our thoughts and opinions on the uh, the scary as uh, a scary fast, as <laughs> is what they called it. So uh, I think to sum that up, I think the pricing was a bit scary too. But of course, they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna brag yeah. about. I mean, they're not gonna throw that in. The pricing is scary, but yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Um, but that was it, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, you know, if you're that person that everyone's going to for advice on what laptop they should get, uh, even after the event, even after all the new announcements and stuff, um, the MacBook Air or that entry MacBook Pro uh, starting at 15, what it was 13 inch at 15, 15.99 now. That's uh, the 13 inch MacBook Air starts at. One nine or thousand ninety nine. No, the and pro. Then the, f- the M3 oh, yeah. Pro is I think. But let me do. Let me run the price range here. So, 
13 inch MacBook Air is 1099. The yep. 15 inch MacBook Air is 1299. Then the 14 inch MacBook Pro is 1599. And then the 14 inch with a Pro chip or higher starts at 1999. So you go, right. you know, basically two to $300 increments. The further up you go, the bigger the increment. Yeah gets right so <laughs> and i would say that just to wrap this up if you've got a unique scenario and you want to get our take use the feedback form and yeah. definitely listen to the post show because we're going to talk about some nuances in the post show when we talk about which macbook i think is is best for me um and eventually for jason even though he yeah. doesn't want to hear it um <laughs> but uh <laughs> Stick around for that and then let us know if you've got this unique scenario or if you've got somebody that's going into a specific thing and you want to know, should I get more? We didn't talk about things like future-proofing and all of that kind of stuff because most right. people just don't need to worry about that. I mean, you could get this M2 MacBook Air and have it for five years. Yeah. No problem. Get that's through right. all of your college, right? All four years of college and until you start making some money out right. of college and be good to go. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And Greg, do you have a cool closing for us? Uh, don't forget to do all the things. Yeah. Check out the YouTube channel. Like I said, we'll drop some stuff in there. We're getting some views on the videos. There's some good stuff going out there. And uh, I think uh, let's close out the podcast. I don't know. I tried to do a Dracula <laughs> accent there, and it doesn't that works. work. So. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.